and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. After multiple years of underperformance, are the Singapore REITs finally going to come back with a roar in the year of the dragon? Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the podcast series Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. I am Jenai Chua, Equity Research Analyst covering the Singapore REIT sector, and today I'll be sharing our views on the outlook for the asset class in 2024 and how REIT investors can position their sales to catch the wind as macro tides start to turn. We mentioned multiple years of underperformance in our opening question, but how bad really is bad? Well, this month marks four years since the onset of COVID at the start of 2020. While share prices for the broader equities market in Singapore have surpassed their pre-COVID levels, those for the Singapore REIT sector have not quite returned to their pre-COVID trading ranges and are around 25% below January 2020 price levels. Since 2021, only five of the 39 REITs actively trading on the Singapore exchange have eked out positive price returns. These tended to be the smaller, less liquid REIT names that probably were less susceptible to sell-downs. Excluding cases that involved restructuring, gains were also somewhat modest at between 0-5%. to Why such a dismal showing? To begin with, COVID lockdowns had a disproportionately negative effect on landlords due to the physical closure of buildings. This was then exacerbated by the delay in reopening in many parts of Asia, and shortly after distancing measures were fully lifted in 2021, the Federal Reserve began its most aggressive rate hike in 40 years, prompting central banks globally, including in Singapore, to also tighten. In Singapore, the 10-year government bond yield went from 70 basis points in May 2020 to 363 basis points in October 2022. That's an almost 300 basis points increase in the space of just two and a half years, and of course had devastating effects on yield plays and leveraged instruments like the REITs. Within the fixed income universe, Asian bond prices also took a tumble, slipping 2% in 2021 and 11% in 2022 in US dollar total return terms. They did, however, end 2023 on a positive note, with total returns of positive 7%. We are, however, seeing light at the end of the tunnel. Since the fourth quarter of 2023, the macro tide has turned towards expectations of a pause in the hiking cycle and subsequent cut in the federal funds rate. This could turn the tables in favour of the REITs as their huge underperformance positions them well for a short-term rebound trade as inflationary pressures ebb. We had a glimpse of the potential strength of the bounce in December 2023 when Singapore REIT prices spiked 8.2%, a rally some quarters of the street have attributed to a global rotation of funds out of the banks into the REITs as sentiment shifted. This was following a softer inflation print out of the US and downward revision of the Fed's dot plot. Although the Singapore REITs have since slipped 4.5% in January on the back of hawkish comments from the Fed and a stronger-than-expected Purchasing Manager Index or PMI print out of the US, we nevertheless believe that we have reached a turning point and expect more positive returns in the short run. Now, there are historical precedents to support this view. A pause in Fed rate hikes in 2006 to 2007 and 2018 to 2019 preceded outperformance by the Singapore REITs. Historically, the sector has also benefited from a decline in 10-year bond yields three to five months before the first Fed rate cuts. For sure, price action will remain choppy in line with the data-dependent nature of the Fed pivot. However, 
volatility in inflation does not change the downtrend of US inflation. It simply creates uncertainty around the speed of the decline towards the 2% level that the Fed is targeting. This is positive for yield assets like the Singapore REITs, as expectations of lower interest rates remain intact. Now, the story becomes slightly more nuanced in the medium term after the initial euphoria fades, and we do expect investors to adopt a more discriminating approach when the sector's tepid growth outlook becomes more apparent. And that's because stable but high interest rates will limit savings on floating interest payments, while the refinancing of low-cost debt taken on in earlier years will raise interest expense for the REITs as they come due. Brokers on the street have penciled in negative year-on-year growth of minus 1.5 to 2% for this year's DPU or distribution per unit, although growth is expected to return to the low single-digit positive levels in 2025. Bearing this in mind, we have maintained a neutral weighting on the Singapore REITs in the medium term, a view also echoed by our global strategy team in their recent upgrade of the global REIT sector from underweight to neutral. The silver lining through all of this is that the tepid growth outlook appears priced into valuations at current levels. The Singapore REITs now trade at reasonable forward distribution yields of 6%, which is in line with the 10-year average, although yield spread of 321 basis points still looks somewhat compressed at 97 basis points below the long-run mean. Valuations look more attractive on price-to-book or PB ratio of 0.93 times versus the 10-year mean of 0.99 times. This discount likely reflects the risk of declining asset values and rising cap rates in a high interest rate environment, particularly for REITs with portfolios that are exposed to overseas assets in the US, UK, Australia and Greater China. So, how can investors augment returns in the current there-but-not-quite-there investment climate? Now, buying the quality laggards would be the most straightforward way to benefit from growing macro tailwinds. In particular, we would be adding to the liquid, mid-to-large-cap REITs that have declined by the most, as these oversold names would also likely rally by the hardest as more definitive signs of a Fed pause and rate cuts emerge. Such REITs would also enjoy more of a valuation buffer, given their significant underperformance. So for a start, we would be focusing on the pedigree blue-chip names with strong parentage that offer a wider margin of safety. A decline of 20% or more in the past three years would serve as a useful rule of thumb as to what would constitute significant underperformance. Now, in the medium term, while they may not offer the best value compared to bombed-out peers, we would suggest continuing to invest in the REITs with the greatest potential for inorganic growth. And by that, we refer to the ability to undertake acquisitions in an accretive manner because this is one way the REITs can offset the impact of rising interest costs and grow distributable income. Historically, the REITs' best position to grow in this way are those in the industrial and hospitality sectors, and that's thanks to their smaller asset sizes, more digestible price quantum, the presence of a broader market with more players and therefore more sellers, and higher yields which would make it easier to structure an accretive deal. Reflecting this, of the 11 acquisitions undertaken by the REITs in 2023, Five were made by the industrial REITs, three by the commercial REITs, and two by the hospitality REITs. Within these subsectors, we are positively biased towards the new economy industrial names, the likes of logistics, data centers, and high-tech business parks, because these are segments underpinned by strong multi-year structural trends and generally enjoy a longer track record of accretive growth. And finally, in the spirit of leaving the best for the last, we would recommend adding to Greater China exposed REIT names as a high-risk but also high-return strategy for investors who can take on a bit more risk and have the patience to wait. Although global investor sentiment towards greater China is still quite fragile, 
Our in-house strategists believe that the Chinese market has likely started a bottoming out process. The intensity of recent rescue measures, like the larger-than-expected cut in the reserve ratio requirement, surprised positively, and these would signal that the massive underperformance of the equities market is beyond what the authorities can tolerate, potentially marking a trough in the market. At current valuations, the large-cap Singapore REITs with greater China exposure trade at huge discounts to their long-run average valuations. This would suggest limited downside as the lackluster outlook has mostly been priced in and also presents opportunities for investors to pick up quality REIT names with greater China exposure at a bargain. Of course, normalisation could take time, but the attractive forward distribution yields of as high as almost 7% for some of these names should provide an interim source of cash flow for investors as they wait out the recovery. While the macro outlook is looking brighter for the Singapore REITs, REIT investing is not without its risks. Stickier-than-expected inflation is a real possibility for Singapore in 2024. The higher GST, or goods and services tax, is expected to put upward pressure on general prices, while the carbon tax of $24 per metric tonne introduced this year and increasing to $45 in 2026 and beyond would raise utility tariffs by an estimated 5-10%. to 10%. The implementation of the progressive wage model scheme, lifting the wages of lower-wage workers, would also raise unit business costs. The need to maintain price stability led to the Singapore Central Bank adopting a hawkish hold at its monetary policy review in January. Consensus expectations are for the Monetary Authority of Singapore to keep policy settings for the Sing dollar nominal effective exchange rate unchanged this year, despite an easing of interest rates in developed markets. This means domestic monetary policy could diverge from that of the US, with local interest rates potentially declining more slowly. The knock-on effects of such an effect on asset allocation decisions and the valuations of income plays like the Singapore REITs would likely be negative. While these developments could lead to short-term gyrations in Singapore REIT share prices, let's not forget that in the very long run, it's ultimately dividends that drive price returns, as frankly speaking, price appreciation for the sector has been quite pedestrian. The Singapore REITs posted positive price gains in only 8 of the past 14 years since 2010, bringing total cumulative price increase to just 17.7% for the entire 14-year period. However, total returns, which include dividends, were much higher at 118% or 5.7% per annum, due to the stability and sustainability of dividend cash flows being paid out to unit holders. And this number, by the way, conservatively assumes no reinvestment of dividends. Assuming dividends are reinvested in the index, total returns for the period would have been even higher at 166% or 7.2% per annum. I think this affirms the importance of distributions or dividends as the bedrock of Singapore REIT investing and the benefits of a long-term buy-and-hold approach. So, to sum up today's podcast, the Singapore REIT's significant underperformance in past years sets them up for a nice rebound in the year of the dragon as the macro tide turns in favour of a pause and subsequent cut in interest rates. We like the sector in the short run as improving macro sentiment lifts all boats and gives stocks more room to run. However, we would be more selective in the medium term given muted prospects for growth in distributable income. 2024 marks the year of the wood dragon, which is the most creative and visionary of all the dragons. The start-stop nature of the Fed pivot means that REIT investors, like the wood dragon, will have to keep their wits about them and remain nimble. We believe that money can be made in buying the laggards and investing in inorganic growers 
who can acquire their way into growth. Greater China is a source of risk, but also a potential source of long-term upside for investors who can stomach volatility and wait. Dear listeners, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. On behalf of all of us at Julius Bear, thank you for tuning in and wishing one and all a healthy and prosperous Lunar New Year. Until next time, goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com slash legal slash podcast for further important legal information.